0: Hello Utah and welcome to the Fireside Chats with Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy. My name is Dion Saxby and I am the Events and Outreach Director here at UCCD. These Fireside Chats are short conversations with individuals and diplomats from around the world. We hope that these conversations will light a fire in you to also make the global and local impact. This episode is a pre-recorded interview with Ruchika Tolshian on the pronunciation of
1: names. Thanks so much for having me, Dion. I'm Ruchika Tolshan. I'm a former uh, business journalist, um, and now I run an inclusion strategy practice uh, based out here in Seattle, which is where I live with my family. I'm originally from Singapore and um I write for the New York Times and uh, Harvard Business Review on inclusion work cultures of belonging and it's it's really it feels like um you know the the honor of my life that I get to. Uh, have a book come out next February, uh, February 8th, 2022, called Inclusion on Purpose, as you mentioned. Um, The book centers the stories of women of color, of which um, I identify as one, and um, really talks about some of the challenges we face in the workplace, uh, you know, which is data backed as well as anecdotally with the stories that I share in the book. Um, and then recommends uh, research-backed strategies and case studies on how managers and leaders and people with in general position, influence, and privilege can use that uh, to create a more equitable and inclusive workplace for all.
0: So our topic today is the pronunciation of names. Um, for individuals who are listening to this, what would you say is the most important reason that pronouncing names is talked about, but then also, what does that do to individuals' well-being?
1: Yeah, great question, Bian. I think one of the uh, this is one of the ways to practice inclusion, you know, anti-racism, um, equity. in a a way that feels very small and slight if you have a name that is generally well-recognized and easy to pronounce, um, and that's largely, in the world we live in today, that's largely an Anglo-Saxon name. And uh, so it may seem like a small, you know, no big deal, Oh, if I get someone's name wrong, it's not a big deal, I don't really have to make the effort. And I would argue that as someone with a lesser recognized name and... uh, quite uncommon in, you know, in the Western world. I have found that, you know, having my name mispronounced and deliberately mispronounced in the sense that people understand that they're pronouncing it wrongly, but they don't feel that it's necessary for them to learn how to correct themselves or practice it, or even ask, um, you know, how to pronounce it correctly. Um, it can have a really negative impact both on, in terms, you know, both on me personally, just in terms of my feelings of belonging, my feelings of safety, my feeling like I'm one of the team, one of the group, especially in the workplace. But, you know, more longer term research has found that it can be really damaging, especially To younger children, um, especially school-age children, as they're coming up the K to 12 system, it really having your name having your name repeatedly mispronounced, you know, can cause feelings of isolation, uh, lack of belonging. It can even, you know, create uh, you know quote unquote an identity crisis in some way where you feel like uh, you know you feel rejected, but also like you want to reject your culture of origin. So it can create those feelings of displacement. So. So, um, across the board, uh, for a variety of reasons, you know, names matter, and we must make the time to practice, practice them and get them correct.
0: So, here in Utah, we have a, a huge refugee community, and I've recently heard from a couple of friends who identify as refugees. They have talked about how the program directors at the different nonprofits that they've been associated with have tried to change their names to make it more
1: americanized what are your thoughts on that yeah that's really disappointing to hear that that's been going on because you know you can imagine that a population that has already Experienced such deep and painful displacement, and I say this, you know, as an immigrant, not even a refugee, but as an immigrant who, you know, made the choice to be here um, in the United States. There's, there's already such a deep. Um, you know a chasm that that exists when you leave what has been your home for you know it could be your whole life or for a large portion of your life to a brand new country and a brand new culture um and of course reading you know what's going on in afghanistan we know that the situation is really dire and continues to be so then for folks to come into this country right it, we are lucky to have them here we know you know across a, v- a variety of measures you know um Refugee and immigrant resettlement in this country is very, very good in you know, across a variety of measures. Whether it's economic development, whether it's um, you know creating a, a much more vibrant and diverse culture, et cetera, et cetera. So we know we benefit so much from um, refugees and immigrants moving to our country, um, and it's really disappointing to hear that we uh, you know people who are tasked with helping them resettle, tasked with helping them feel welcome, are trying to change a very core and central part of their identity. It could be for some people who are resettling here as refugees, it could literally be their only reminder of home, right? Because they've had to flee uh, some folks in really, really tough circumstances. So I'm really disappointed to hear that. And my hope is that there will be a much stronger push to... Not only um, you know help and ensure that people who are resettling here and making America home now keep their names right and honor those names, but actually even doing the important extra uh, work of pronouncing their names correctly and also encouraging others uh, to pronounce their names correctly and maybe even learning more about these you know beautiful and very powerful names. And do you have any
0: resources for these individuals to use and look at?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my Harvard Business Review article, um, you know, on the importance of pronouncing names correctly. Um, I do use research and I do use, um, you know, uh, tactics that people that in both in both actually in both encounters, whether it's you're someone who has encountered a name that is unfamiliar to you. How do you ask for pronunciation? How do you? respectfully practice. um, And, you know, if you get it wrong, how do you sort of apologize quickly and swiftly and move on rather than make it a big sort of, you know, awkward encounter with where I've had situations where people are like, I'm so sorry, I got your name wrong. Then they turn into a, it turns into a lengthy explanation about what they thought and, you know, all of that. And by the end of it, I'm in charge of trying to make them feel better off about getting my name wrong um so you know sort of it has tips recommending how to approach that how do you how do you ask people how do you pronounce your name correctly and then it also recommends um how people who generally have a name that's harder to pronounce so i very much identify as someone with a harder to pronounce or less familiar name but how can we and why should we make that extra effort to get people to pronounce our names correctly and correct them uh, gently and respectfully when when they get it wrong um, and so that's one of the resources i recommend there are some amazing tools out there i'm really happy to i think there's one i used actually in my in my email signature i'm just about to pull that out but i think it's called it, it, it's something around name pronunciation but it's really helpful and i've seen new tools pop up uh, all across the board now whether it's I mean, literally across the board, whether it's on LinkedIn um, or other ways. I actually attach in my email signature, I use name coached, and I've actually recorded how my name is pronounced. So there really isn't an excuse to get people's names wrong. Even if you Google, how do you pronounce certain names, you'll at least get a basic. So at this moment and in this moment in time with all the digital tools available, I would say... When people mispronounce my name, it's more an act of choice than an act of error, which, mm-hmm. um, which you know, in the past years before we had the tools and before we had the sort of global communities we have now, I could still understand. But in today's world, I think it's it, there's less of an excuse to mispronounce people's names. Yeah,
0: and I've definitely had my fair share of mispronunciation of my name. Um, I've gotten Dewan, Dune. <laughs> I'm like where's the w? <laughs> There's no w in there. But with that, I've definitely had my fair share of like trying to make sure that they feel okay after the conversation. So, how do you avoid that because I feel like when it when it becomes awkward, you're just trying to get out of the situation at that point.
1: How would you navigate through that? Yeah, so if if someone essentially if someone's going on and on about how they're they're so they feel so upset that they got your name wrong I mean I think that this is where uh, a little bit of empathy on both sides and clear communication could be helpful right so um, normally what I'll try and do especially if someone is really kind of talking you know a lot about how they feel very embarrassed I'll just say listen there's no need to be embarrassed or you know I didn't I didn't take offense, I appreciate that you took the time to actually correct yourself or listen to my pronunciation of it. So thank you so much for doing that. And I think in those encounters, trying to nip it in the bud and keep on moving is the way that I found to be really useful for people who have heard this or who, who are listening to this podcast. You know, I do recommend that if someone, you know, corrects you. Uh, try and receive it as an act of love, and that's the way I've I've actually, in general, I recommend if you receive feedback that some behavior you you uh, displayed was, you know, biased or it was racist or it was sexist or it caused harm or offense in some way. Uh, just listen, you know, listen openly, listen with like an open heart, and remember, it it does take tremendous uh, courage to. Disrupt um, and and disrupt that behavior and ask and give someone feedback and ask them to do differently. So I always see it as an act of service. And that's true for myself as well. Um, An act of love is people have given me feedback like, hey, this thing you did wasn't great. um, And I and I'm saying it because I really want you to do better next time. I try really hard to, it's hard, but I try hard to receive it as an act of love and service. That's great advice.
0: So you speak a lot about diversity and inclusion. How does names play a role in inclusion and diversity within the workplace, but into the day to day life?
1: Yeah, great question. You know, One of the memories I'll always have in my professional adult life is, um, you know, and I've had my name mispronounced my whole life, just to be clear. But, um, and of course there are painful and awkward memories in school and kids making fun and all of that. And, you know, that's, it's hard. And of course those moments stay with you. But a memory which really sticks with me is, um, you know, nearly 10 years ago, I, um, I was selected for an award and I was really excited about it. I felt really thrilled, obviously. And the person who introduced me said, you know, I'm so thrilled. And, you know, this person's my friend. I I admire her so much. And then she mispronounced my name. She said, you know, Rushika, <laughs> come get this award. And it felt really, in that moment, the joy and the excitement and the, you know, it was like the first award I've ever gotten in my life it was somewhat diminished in my memory and continues to be because of that right i thought to myself like you know i just i got this award i was recognized for work i did but you know my name really matters it, it it's very it's it, it's very deeply tied up in my identity So I think um, in that moment, as as excited as I was to get the award, I also felt quite excluded and like I wasn't really part of the community. And I think people feel this on a daily basis. You know, the more research I've done, when I talk to people in, in the workplace, when I talk to my peers, when I talk to my friends, it really does diminish your experience. It is one of those ways that Um, you know, that really is a barrier to creating a diverse and inclusive place, a workplace, if we don't have more managers and leaders who make the effort to get names um, correct. So
0: I'm just now kind of like getting into my activist stage of like um, fighting for people's rights and identities and different things like that. And so... I didn't really understand the importance of it until I talked to my friends who have harder names to pronounce. And they were just like, at least you put in the effort to try to get my name right. And I always start the conversation of like, I know I'm not good with names. So could you just tell me how to pronounce your name? And it's things like that. It's just simply asking the individual. I think that matters more than you trying to, you know, trying to attempt to pronounce their name and then you totally butcher it. I definitely agree with with everything that you're saying. So
1: I read oh, you, Dion. I mean, I, I think <laughs> that as a as a you know, the earlier we start our activism, the better it is. And I think what happens also is, is when we um, you know set that boundary and we reinforce that, no, hey, our name does matter. We also give others permission who may be more reluctant for a variety of reasons. Um, but we give them permission also to do the same for them for themselves. So you'll start to see the stock on effect. I certainly see it. You know, I'll be in a meeting where someone will mispronounce my name and I'll say, No, it's Ruchika. I'll say it again. And then later on I've I've had, you know, people come to me and actually send me an email or check in with me later and say, Hey, it was really amazing how you did that and it reminded me that I too need to get better at when people mispronounce my name or you know when they um, you know when they don't use the correct pronouns for me so there it's like an act of resistance in some way that really has a knock on effect which is which is pretty amazing to see as well even though in the moment it can be a bit uncomfortable and certainly in the beginning as an immigrant as someone who was raised in a culture where you didn't really you know, where you certainly didn't disrupt authority in quite the same way. Like if someone's your manager or leader, you wouldn't mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, like you're getting my name wrong. But so it took a while and and sometimes there's still a little bit of like hesitation and I push past that because I know that it'll make a difference for those coming up behind me as well. That's good to know because I definitely
0: um feel like even just getting coffee and someone
1: <laughs> and they say
0: my name and I'm like Hush. I'm just going to walk out, just get my coffee and just walk out. I know it's for me, but I didn't think about like that the after effect it has on that individual. Of like, oh, maybe I should actually try to pronounce individuals names. Yeah. Right. Or if I don't think I said it right to kind of ask them, how do you pronounce your name?
1: Yeah. And there's been a change in my own thinking as well. Like I think about when I used to get coffee In the past, um, one of my friends, Shifali Kulkarni, when we were in grad school, wrote an amazing article about how, uh, you know, everyone has a coffee name, a Starbucks name, you know, if they have a a name that's easily uh, butchered or mispronounced, and I remember back in the day, my Starbucks name um, was, you know, like Rachel or something like that, and it was something that would not be tied with my identity. I'd be like, "Oh, what's an Anglo-Saxon sounding name that like people are not going to get wrong?" And now, when you know, when I'm in a rush or whatever it is, I I may not make the, you know, I may not have the energy to go through like, this is how my name said, and this is how it's spelled, and you know, it's like a seven letter name. But I, I won't change it to something that's Anglo-Saxon. I'll either say my name is R, like the initial, Or I'll say it's Ria, which is like a shorter version of my name, but it's also, it also has its origins in Sanskrit, the way my actual name Chika does. So that's a change that I've had to, where in the past, there was a little bit of like, oh, I must conform in every situation. I must come up with an easier way to say my name or a name that's more palatable to other people. Mm -hmm. And now even, even like, even when I'm in a rush and I don't have the time to really go through like, no, this is how my name said and pronounced and spelt and all of that. I won't do something that feels like I must conform to the existing norms. Right. And I, and I, I like that. I, I feel, I feel glad that that's the change I've made in the last few years.
0: Um, So I recently read an article about a British teenager who is the CEO and founder of Special Name. She designed a business around helping Chinese parents name their children culturally appropriate English names to help with the language barriers. Um, So I think she was seeing a pattern of like somebody from China naming their child Rolex and not knowing what that actually meant um, (laughs) in America and different things like that. So I don't know, I feel like I have mixed feelings about this, um, especially because the individual is a British white individual. And so what are your thoughts on that? And do you think it's appropriate for her to have that role or position?
1: Um, no, I think that is, that actually is, um, you know, it feels like quite a racist act. And I think it's, um, unfortunately in in over the years, I've met people who are like accent coaches where they, you know, I remember linked on LinkedIn a few years ago, someone tried to connect with me and was like, Oh, I'm an accent coach. I can help. I help immigrants change their accents so that it's much more easier for them to navigate in America. And I and I understand, like, there's, there are a couple of ways of approaching it. At the end of the day, when you ask people to change as individuals, right, especially people who are underrepresented and underestimated, what you're saying is the existing norms of whiteness, of patriarchy, of all of those sort of norms, heteronormativity, that's the right way to do things. And other, people coming in, bringing their cultural heritage, their way of doing things is the wrong way. setting so you're already like perpetuating that idea by doing that. The other thing you're doing is you're also, you're not acknowledging or you're not trying to fix the systemic issues. Like what is it systemically that prevents people with, um, you know, non Anglo-Saxon names from getting ahead. I mean, there was a study done, there are studies done all over the world where names that are not Anglo-Saxon, um, One job resumes, literally identical experience um, as someone with an Anglo-Saxon name will get discriminated, right? Whether that's um, a Muslim-sounding name in study done in France, there are studies done in Canada, there are studies done in the United States that more ethnically-sounding Asian and African-American names are less likely to get callbacks for a job interview. So we know like that racism really does materially impact someone's life. But rather than focus on, like we need to change the system. We need to start educating people like that's not okay. Telling people to change their names and, you know, be more sort of palatable to, you know, the Western white patriarchal norms to me really does rub me the wrong way. So, and then the additional sort of frustration I have is that it's, white person who again is trying to say like oh the way we do things here you know is better than the way you do things there so I think that's it's a very complicated issue and I hope that they see that what they're doing is really harmful.
0: Overall do you have any final thoughts about the pronunciation of names?
1: Yeah Um, I mean I will say that for me the discomfort or the whatever those feelings might be you know discomfort, awkwardness, embarrassment, shame, guilt, whatever it is, of asking someone how to pronounce their names, it is always worth pushing past that. And it really is, it really is, it becomes an entry point for what could be a great conversation, right? Like, not every conversation about how do you pronounce your name has to turn into, but what is the origins and tell me everything and tell me your family history and all of that. Like, there should it should be done in a respectful way and and the person whose name is you know being asked to be pronounced should have sort of the the first right of refusal of how much information they want to share like maybe they just want to say this is my name and that's it they don't want to get into like a big history about it but it could be the start of a you know beautiful conversation and at the very least it sets a tone of mutual respect right like i respect you enough to make sure that I am pronouncing your name the way that it is supposed to be pronounced and I'm, and I'm showing you respect. So I'd say that's probably the most important takeaway, you know, even if at the moment you might feel like, oh, it's awkward. Like I don't want to ask, I'm just going to either not say their name or I'm going to, you know, pronounce it however quickly, like, you know, quickly march through it, um, that does much more harm than actually taking a moment to ask that question, even if it might be like a slight moment of like, "Um, how did I say your name correctly? It's so worth it. The payoff is so worth it. So that's one thing I would definitely say is my key takeaway. Um, The second is, you know, just not discount that names matter and that they have a very deep impact on people's Uh, lives and their self-esteem you know as we've seen in kids um, we've we've done less research in terms of how it actually impacts people um, in the workplace but I apart from you know job resumes and things like that but I actually think I would imagine and I've seen it my own self like I feel much less willing to speak up or offer my ideas or worried that I'm considered less of a leader in rooms where I feel like people don't want to make that effort to understand who I am and get my name correctly. So names really matter. They, they have a huge impact on our sense of belonging, our sense of, um, you know, inclusion, our sense of feeling like we can be safe, like we can speak up, be authentic. So I think in every instance it's worth understanding why names matter and why it makes uh, so much sense to get people's names correct.
0: Thank you. And one more question, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be?
1: I think my my more serious answer would be the legacy I really want to leave is a world where we where every individual feels like they can belong, like they are welcome. They don't have that self-doubt of, you know, I don't, I'm not good enough. I don't belong here. You know, I wish I could change. I wish I had a different skin color or a different name or a different, you know, whatever it is. So that's a more serious answer. And I really, you know, that's my big pipe dream in the world. <laughs> sounds funny saying it. I'd say the the less, um, the, the more funnier answer, is that I'd I'd love to to be remembered as the person who um, talked a lot about my mom's biryani. My mom makes an amazing uh, chicken biryani. It's um, an Indian dish, and it's so delicious. I love it so much, and I I'd love to be remembered as like someone who um, you know made more people taste and try a good chicken biryani and fall in love with it because it's such a beautiful and complex dish. And it has origins in many different countries, including, interestingly, Afghanistan. Um, And so it'll be, yeah, that's sort of a more funny version, I think. I love that.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join UCCD in our fireside chat podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Dion. This is such a pleasure. I'm so glad that more people are talking about this. And, you know, for people, especially who are tasked with this important work of helping people flee such a tough situation and find new homes and hopefully a sense of belonging here in America, I really hope that they make the extra effort to get names right. It's a small, seemingly small action that could have such a big impact on someone's
0: this podcast was brought to you by Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy. Thank you for listening. As your host, Dion Saxby, it is a pleasure, and we hope to see you at the next Fireside Chat.